Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 113 of the 167 podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm with my good friend, your media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? I have the Tigert trifecta. It's yeah. what I've, I've named it. It should be like in a medical journal now. Yeah. Tigert trifecta. If you're from the Valdosta area, you know of Camp Tigert, probably. And I worked a girl's chrysalis last weekend. And I came back with the the the, the um, snots, mm. the um, cough, mm. and the um, s- yeah the crud the sinus crud. Mm. I think that's why I call it the trifecta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the tiger trifecta. Mm, fun. Yeah. So that's why I have such a lovely baritone. <laughs> I don't know if my voice. I it feels like it's deeper. Uh, it, it might be a in little. In my headphones, yeah, it feels yeah. like it's deeper. Um, but yeah, I'm okay. I'm all right. I yeah. mean, hey, you know, our body's recuperating. You know, yeah. yeah. One one walk down, and another one coming up this weekend. The mm-hmm. boys are going um, this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, so for someone that isn't from this area, yeah, or or doesn't know about doesn't know about it, why don't you explain what it is a little bit? The chrysalis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or just that whole like. Yeah. Emmaus yeah, type sure. deal. Well, Camp Tigert is a location. It's a campground, and it's rented out and used for um, a weekend. It's a 72-hour weekend called Emmaus for adults, and then they have Chrysalis, which is for students like 15 to 18. And it's ecumenical, so it's not one particular group. I mean, it definitely has Methodist background in it, um, but it's open to anyone to come and different... People from all over work it. There's some clergy that work on it, and then of course lay people. It's very much about lay people driven. Um, but it's I. Whenever I tell someone who's going to participate in a weekend, mm-hmm. I say it's like stepping outside the world for three days because you don't have any distractions. You hear a lot. You hear a, a sequence of talks over the weekend. Yeah. Um. That are personal testimony, and that are very much focused on God's love for you. So it's very refreshing and, um, and it's, I, you know, it's just as much uh, refreshing to work as it is to, to, to go. Ah. Um, so yeah. So in the spring, um, every spring we have the chrysalis, which is the high school version. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the girls had their weekend this past weekend and the boys are this coming weekend. Gotcha. Yeah. And then in uh, I don't know. A couple of weeks is the Emmaus, which is uh, the men's walk, and then the women's walk. So. Yeah, the adult walks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Emmaus, of course, is takes his name from you know mm-hmm. the the Emmaus Road experience that Paul had, Correct. and then Chrysalis is just the description of a of a um, caterpillar uh, turning, turning into, into a, a cocoon and then a butterfly, and that mm-hmm. whole process is a chrysalis. So it's about yeah. becoming a new creation. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a great time. It's fantastic. You know, our church um, had a, a lot of, this past week and this coming week, a lot of um, students that are participating and a lot, we have a lot of people that are serving, mm-hmm. which I, I love to see that. Um, that Because sometime during that first night, people will you know introduce themselves and say where they go to church. And 
including like people serving. And, um, it's just like, wow, it's always just kind of like, that's, that's really cool to, to see our, our church in our, in, in our community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. That's cool. That's the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the, as Justin said, um, when I told we were going to have staff and, and I said, y'all, I'm, I'm down for the count. And Justin, I said, I have the tiger crud, I think. And he goes, yep, it's the gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> <laughs> which I never know if it's actually going out. So I hear talk about this wonderful weekend that I'm like, but you get this crud. It's not really from tiger. It's just yeah. whatever. Well, I mean, you kind of get like anytime you go off with a lot of people, you, yeah. you end up getting some you don't kind know. of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. you say the same thing about like Disney World and stuff. Oh, <laughs> well, know, yeah. Coming back from there, you get sick too. Last time I came back from Disney, the world um, shut down. Yeah. I, yeah, I got sick and then the world shut down. And I, which, think I had COVID and I just didn't know it. Which was also an Emmaus weekend too. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. It was right before. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What's going on? Eh, not, not really a lot of stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> some stuff I, I, I don't know if I want to talk on the podcast yet or not sure. about that's going on. Um, yeah. One thing that chaps my butt, though. Oh, okay. Is you need I, an ointment for that, a salve. I am eating. A poultice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating pretty healthy, and I haven't had a Coke. Okay, he says he's eating healthy, but in front of him is a giant freezer bag of, to the best of my knowledge, nine sausage balls. There's eight in there. <laughs> okay. And the calorie count works out. It's, okay. It's 500 calories. Oh, well, fantabulous. Yeah. So, but, and I also haven't had, I haven't had a regular Coke in over three weeks. So you're saying the lack of Coke is making, um, you have dry skin on your nether regions? No, I'm just saying oh, I oh. haven't lost the weight I was expecting. <laughs> Welcome to 30 the decades of your 30s. Yeah, and I'm working out <laughs> moderately hard. Oh, well, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, you're building up muscle. Yeah. Yeah, what are you doing to work out? Uh, exercise bike and yeah. a pull-up bar and push-ups. And nice. Stuff. Yeah. Well, just remember the days you just jump in the pool and swim half the day, and then you'd just be like, I don't need to work out. I did work out. No, it was... So I would swim that much, and I'd be like, "Oh, dang! I've lost two more pounds. I need to go eat a cheese. I need to go eat some. I need to go a jar of peanut butter. And, and like, I need to eat a pizza and four hamburgers. <laughs> oh, to have the metabolism of a teenager. When, when I was in peak swimming, uh -huh. I had to I had to eat yeah. seven to eight thousand calories. A day. Yeah, I, Justin was saying like when when Carson was playing football. I mean, he was having to like mm -hmm. scarf. Yeah. I mean, like many meals, many full meals a day. Whew, yeah. I don't think women really have, even even like the top athletes, I don't think that we don't burn it like the guys do. So it's well, not when, like, oh no. When they when they get into that place where they do, mm -hmm. they're gen like they've screwed up all the hormones in their body. Well, yeah, like gymnasts and stuff. Well, yeah. sw swimmers are one of the they, like they like that too. They're, yeah, they're one of the gymnasts and swimmers are like ones that they study. They don't have, like, their cycles and all that stuff. Well, we are talking about all the things this morning. Yeah. But, yeah, it, like, stunts their growth or they skip. Yeah. 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 You uh, Usually Olympic swimmers have to be away from the sport two years before they can start a family. Dang. Wow. Because it takes that long for them to get their body situation. Yeah. 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 I never had that problem playing tennis because, like, I ate, like, crud all the time. But I was still really, really fit. But mm -hmm. it, so it equaled out. Yeah, I don't. I don't like, know. I didn't do like the major workouts. I just played tennis all the time. I don't know what about those two sports 
makes them more. Um, you use every, so much yeah. of your body. Yeah. So I, I guess that's what it is. Um, if my friend Matt is listening to this, he's telling me the answer right now, and I'm not. It's this, Josh. Yeah. Come on. But I don't know what it is about those two sports that it that it, that's most common with. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just not losing weight like I think I should mm-hmm. because of everything I'm sacrificing for it, and it's annoying. <laughs> Welcome to Rabbit Trails with Josh and Shannon. Mm-hmm. This is what we do during the portion of our notes that says host chat. Yeah. Well. And I've, and because of other things that are going on, I've I really like dove into this. Yeah, you just so, kind of given your your focus so like, to that. I I have an Apple Watch and it has those activity and the calorie and the and the stand rings. Uh-huh. And I I used like I would go days without even putting my watch on. Mm-hmm. And I literally put it on as soon as my eyes open, <laughs> and I take it off when I my eyes close, and I check it fifty five times a day. Yeah. And yeah. I've really poured a lot of attention into this. So when I'm, <laughs> the fact that I'm paying this much attention to it and I'm not getting the results I want, I'm annoyed. I think you're getting the results you want. I don't. I, the scale says no. Well, I I think you're still getting the results. That and Kara's not going hubba hubba yet. So <laughs> she says that all the time. I'm sure. Um, but I think also part of this is uh, structure. Mm-hmm. Um, give your focus to something else. Yeah. So you are accomplishing some things. Yeah. You you definitely are. Um because it's that time of year. I mean, we're we're in the middle of January, but I know it's like this. We all just I this kind of feels like a hangover for a lot of people. Mm. Um like the, a lot of people had resolutions and their word and all these yeah. things for the new year and now we're like 2 weeks in, 18 days in and it's like, "Eh, how am I doing?" And some people are like, "We're going strong." And other people are like, "Oh, I've already blown it." So, "Oh, well, you know, and it's this kind of little bit of a lull, mm-hmm. um, which is why I was talking to you the other day about, you know, the pastoral word for the year I've shared and what I want to keep in front of us as staff, even in how we do things. Yep. Is, you updated your cover photo on I Facebook. Did, yesterday. Is the word gather. And I want mm-hmm. to keep that in front of us. And I want to share that at, you know, in board meetings and staff meetings and in any gatherings we have. And, and I'm still flirting with this idea, but I, I think I'm doing it. Um, is at least for a little while. So when our Roman series ends, before we start our next series, I think I'm going to spend like have a little, a little uh, a one week like a, basically like a gather part two. Yeah. This is why we do this. This is who we are with more, not like mm-hmm. a repeat. I was talking about that idea with my community group, mm-hmm. and uh, I mentioned that you're talking about doing the doing a sermon on the net. Yes. And. The people that were in the room for the uh, serve team things mm-hmm. were like, when we were sitting there, we're like, this is a message. A message. <laughs> like, it is a great. I wish, like, I, I know two people said, I wish more people were here to hear this. Okay, done deal. Yeah. Well, so. And I then I it. said you were also going to make a net, so you've got to figure that out, too. Oh, okay. Well, you lied to your group. You, you said you were going to try and figure it out. Really? Yeah. Oh, I do not remember that. Mm-hmm. I don't, you I... said you were going to look it up and see if you could figure out how to make a net. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. My memory's really good. <laughs> okay. Well, I lied to you then because I'm not going to try and figure out. No, maybe I... Maybe I, Who knows? Maybe I did. Because you're talking about making knots and stuff for the net. Oh. I think I meant figuratively, but okay. Nope. I took it literal. I'm a literal <laughs> of guy. Of course you did. <laughs> Poor Josh. Like the first year and a half you worked with us, it was like... You- 
<laughs> you get people that operate in sarcasm, and then Josh, who takes everything literally, he's yes. like, I don't, I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> but I'm going to sit over here and sulk until someone says, hey, I was joking. <laughs> hey, let's jump into today's topic. Let's How about- do it. So we started this past week um, in our Roman series, and, um, and we're doing this seven-week series on Romans chapter 8, which... As I mentioned in the message, it was like originally this was going to be a a seven-week series on the book of Romans, but really it would just be a summary of the entire book if you tried to do that in seven weeks. And so I just, you really were not going to get any depth. Um, And as I looked at it and I even prepared, started preparing for it, I was just like, gosh, there's just so much. So took a few steps back and decided, no, we're going to focus just on chapter eight. It's the centerpiece of, of the book, of the letter. Um, it's the climax of the letter. It's, um, that, that Paul writes to the church in Rome. And so, um, that's what we're doing. And so the weird thing is, and this is kind of why talk about rabbit trails. We're going to go on a little rabbit trail day. Um, was chapter eight, verse one starts with the word therefore. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, What's it there for? When we see the word therefore, we have to ask what's there for. So you got to go back and look at, especially chapter 7, but you can go really look at the, all the seven preceding uh, chapters to get to why does Paul say therefore in 8.1. So now part of what I was going to mention briefly in my message Sunday, but I just took it out for time purposes, mm-hmm. was just the whole idea of that the chapters and the verses that you and I depend on to find, you know, look up particular passages, um, particular verses, or, you know, they were not present when the, when the scriptures were first written, they were letters, they were, um, New Testament, they were letters, um, Old Testament, they were, you know, historical recordings, um, or songs, um, laments, um, prophecy, um, and so you have all of these, all of these things, um, which, so, so chapters and, so I, I wanted to talk today a little bit, kind of nerding out a smidge about how chapters and verses were added into the scriptures later for our assistance, really. Wait, it wasn't there originally? No. It wasn't, here's Genesis 1-1. No. Oh. No. Um, which I think, I don't think, I believe um, this is just another reminder to us of the fullness of all the scriptures, mm-hmm. not just particular passages or particular verses, even though those are really, really helpful, but that the scriptures were intended to be read as a whole, not just parts. Yes. Uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, proof texting and, yes. and those Yes, I was actually about to mention that. Yeah. Um, because proof texting really wasn't a thing before. You, you really couldn't proof text. A particular scripture without the chapters and the verses mm-hmm. because how are you going to tell someone to go no you just got to read this one little section yeah I would if I ha- I'm just totally spitballing here but I would think that you could possibly do proof texting with the Old Testament scriptures more easily because they found they were often more in lit in some places, list form, yes. chronological, whatever, um, you know, you get commandments and things like that. And you could go see that one there, you take mm-hmm. it out. Um, I, but I do think it'd be more difficult as far as just a letter, yeah. you know, just, um, mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, I, I, and, and the fullness of the scriptures, they're intended to be read in their entirety um, and taken in with that. You know, there's the whole there's the whole verse by verse versus thought by thought process mm-hmm. in regard to translation when you start looking at that. Did I mention that last week? No, but I think we've talked about it before. Yeah. And, um, you know, some people go, oh, well, it has to be verse by verse. But when you're dealing, really what you're saying is, from one language to another. That's mm-hmm. really what verse by verse is. Where thought by thought is, um, you know, even just English to Spanish, you know, the noun moves, the verb moves. Oh, yeah, because um, a perfect example is like when you <laughs> when you have a Spanish-speaking friend, because that's the most common language mm-hmm. that you have friends that can speak. Mm-hmm. You go, hey, how do you say this in Spanish? And uh-huh. they go, well, that's not really a thing. Yeah. So you'd say it like this to mean yeah. the same thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, the, the structure of the sentences are different. So when you say verse by verse, people think, oh, it's got to be exact word, exact word. It's, you know, I can see how uh, thought for thought is just as beneficial. I mean, it's not, you're not losing, as long as you're not dumping out thoughts. Um, but in in that regard, now when you get to, um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't want to. Let's let's save that for another podcast. Okay. Verse by verse versus thought by thought. Let's do it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, there's whole degrees on that. Yes. Yes, there are. Um, so let's go back to chapters and verses and what we know about those. Um, so this is, I think, something, well, and we already kind of said it, but the chapter and verses can at times create confusion, like Romans 8, 1, therefore... Mm-hmm. Um, when you read certain sections of the Bible, but more often than not, the division is actually incredibly helpful, which is why it's in there. Yeah. Duh. Um, so when were the books of the Bible divided into chapters and verses and who did the dividing? Um, so how many books of the Bible are there? 66. 66. And they're distinct different books. Mm -hmm. So, and they're written obviously in different times and different places and when that was, authors, mm-hmm, yeah. yes. And when so when originally compiled, which we did a whole podcast on this, um, the books of the Bible did not include those chapters and verses. So some, I know this might, you know, make some people go what? But these divisions are not inspired. So no. yeah, um, by God, they're just helpful for us. So yet they're really helpful in quickly finding um, passages. The, it's pretty close to being inspired. Have you? Like you don't, so we put this verses on screens for Sunday mornings, right? Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So um, the NLT, NIV, all have chapters and verses, and then you have the message that says, like in parentheses, it's it's like eight through eleven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's like chunks. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what's really hard? Yep. To put on screen the message. The message <laughs> because it's not broken down like yeah. the rest of the chapters and verses. So you say it's not inspired. It's pretty close if it's not. <laughs> because it it just makes it easy to deliver the, the exact uh, section that you're trying to talk about as opposed to as opposed to sections that include more than what you're trying to talk about. And sure. then we have to go, yeah, but you need to, we're going to cut it off right here in the middle of this sentence. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I would say that's more convenient than inspired. But yes, I hear what you're saying. And that's true. Now, listen to this, though. I remember this. I had a roommate um, from Germany, 
and she had a message Bible when I'd never heard of the message Bible. Now, just the message is a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. Um, some people call it a translation. It's it's a paraphrase of a translation. So it's not it's not a word for word. I, I would even, you know, I would say thought for thought um, on the very far side of it. Um, but, I mean, Eugene Peterson takes, you know, creative license in this. And I don't think, you know, anytime I read the message, I like to say, and it's a paraphrase, you know, mm-hmm. so... Um, but when it first came out, it had no verses. Oh, really? None. And it was, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And she would read it, and she would read it in her English, my, my roommate that had this. And um, and I'd just be like, I how, I can't find, you know, because she would leave it sitting out. Like, oh, I'll read this too. And I was like, I can't find anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really frustrating. Yeah. So can you imagine having... No, your version of that. So I, I guess it would be easier if you had never had it, but to go from having yeah, it to not, not having yeah, it, yeah, like just <coughs> to just be given the book of John and like go find John three sixteen. Yeah, you know. But and of course, you know, it's it's really. I mean, the further we move away from the original. Uh, I mean, the Word of God stands and will always stand, and it will always be a timely word. But I think as far as um, understanding how we consume God's Word and our focus for it and all that, that changes. That's on our side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really difficult in the in the world that you and I live in as far as how we intake information um, to sit down and go, I'm going to read the john's letter or you know john's gospel his um you know his writing down his experience of of the life of christ mm-hmm. and i'm just gonna read it yeah instead of us going i'm gonna turn to john three sixteen mm-hmm. and get this verse yep and be done um well, we don't live in a time where we just take in a whole section and you know well we don't do that for anything nothing yeah, Nothing. like when was the last time that you were impacted by something that you didn't go out and look for? Oh yeah, you. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if I like, I'm a person that when I watch a movie or a TV show, I'm constantly on my phone during it, and it's not because I'm like spaced out doing some. Sometimes I am, but other times it's like, oh, I want to look up what this guy does, what this is. Drew and, does that all the time, yeah. and usually I don't. I don't mind it. Sometimes he'll be like, hey, he was in this and this, you know, but he does that all the time. Yeah, Kara hates it. I don't mind it too much as long as... But, like, I'm active, like, the information I want to, the information I'm looking for Mm -hmm. or the information I want to have an impact in my life, I look for it specifically. Yes. I don't go, what what can I learn from this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is like, um, I mean, I think that's part of the, the struggle that we have as far as, you know... Mm-hmm. receiving God's word and letting it sit with us and, you know, coming to us. So, so chapters, all right. Chapters came first. Um, chapters were before verses. So you can kind of look at the message and go, well, that makes sense. Um, so our modern chapter divisions of the Bible were created by, and there's some variations on his last name, but most of the things that I found was a guy named Stephen Langton. Um, he was also known as Stephanus, I think. No, no, that's another guy. But I think that's interesting that one was named Stephen and then Stephanus was another. And I, I'm wondering if there's a connection. So By the amount of Stevens I know, it, it makes sense. <laughs> um, so chapters were originally um, 
written or in, included, excuse me, by Stephen Langton around AD 1227. All right. So, you know, like 800 years ago or something. Wycliffe's Bible completed in 1382 before the printing press was the first Bible to use Langton's chapter division. So he developed it, I think, in some um, books of the Bible. And then the Wycliffe Bible um, used it in the entire Bible. They used his how he came up with the chapter divisions, they put it into their Bible. And so since that time, English Bible translations have followed that pattern. And then as other languages started doing it, they've adopted the same division system, which is helpful so that, you know, a a German version and an English version have the same chapter divisions. So since it was done before the printing press, a common person has never read the Bible without chapters. Um, yeah. That would be true because they didn't have it really. No, yeah, they didn't so have it. Yeah, so it was it. only highly educated people in theology that were mm-hmm. reading the Bible without chapters mm-hmm. and were reading mm-hmm. uh, the books as yeah. as they were originally divided. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, interesting. And then so Bible verses were created um, almost uh, over 200 years after the chapters, which is kind of surprising. You would think that that would be, that verses would come pretty close after it, but then again, I, I assume they were at the same time. Yeah, no, I did too. Um, so the verses of the Old Testament were developed by a Jewish rabbi named Nathan. Which is interesting that Protestants or Christians kept it because it was developed by a Jewish person. Yeah, I mean that's that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean they wouldn't be like, hey, get this out of here. I mean the whole yes, the would. whole Old Testament is Jewish. So <laughs> not not by a modern Jewish person. Well, I mean, the New Testament wasn't written by a modern Gentile person. No, but we align closer with that guy. <laughs> so the so the Old Testament got verses uh, from a Jewish rabbi named Nathan in 1448. The New Testament verses were developed, again, this is strange, a hundred years later, but you had the Old Testament longer. So probably, who knows if these were being worked on before people knew about them. But in 1551, the New Testament verses were developed by a guy named Robert Estienne, and he was known by the name of Stephanus. Um, so I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he got that name because he did what the guy in the Old Testament did? He did what did. Stephen did? Yeah, I'm wondering. Um, so his divisions of verses were first used in the Greek New Testament, in 1551, and then they were put into a French Bible in 1553. Now, here's where um, the the Geneva Bible from the 16th century was the first Bible to include both chapter and verse divisions for both the Old and New Testaments. So it wasn't until the Geneva Bible that Old and New had chapter and verse verse. And most Bibles published since these times have continued to use this system of chapter and verse. Um, and, and that, that system of course, being like, you know, the book name followed by the chapter number and a colon and then a verse number or numbers, however they come from that. Um, you know, like I said, the, just, I experienced just a smidgen of, of that frustration of not having, you know, at least verses when I tried to read the original version of the message, um, when it just didn't have any verses at all, not even sections like it does now. Because uh, that makes, it's, it makes it really difficult to cross-reference and compare other versions. And, you know, if you're doing like a group Bible study, you know, you don't really know where the 
verse begins and ends kind of a thing. So to put in context, uh-huh. the um, verses were added to the Bible less than 50 years before the pilgrims landed in the U.S. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, that is. It <laughs> like, sure is. Like, like when you think about it, you just assume it was like, it's not like I, I thought God said, hey, we're going to set up the Bible. Moses, write down these laws. In and this way. Here we go. Genesis, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you kind of expect someone to have been wearing like Roman robes to have been the one that finally broke mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I can't. I've always assumed it happened at the same time that the six the sixty six books were mm-hmm. the decided. canonization. Yeah, the canonization, yeah. like I figured, it happened during canonization. Well, you know, and I didn't think it happened closer to my lifetime <laughs> than Jesus' lifetime. Yeah, and that's the point. Yeah, and you know, um, this is the thing I was thinking about is, and I don't, I don't know, I haven't read this, I didn't look for it, it just popped into my brain, but I wonder if the the lack of chapter and verse uh, divisions was almost like we're not we're not adding anything, like we're not going to mm. add anything to the scriptures because yeah. this is holy, and we you know they didn't want the human interaction with the scriptures, and I wonder if that's part of the reason that it that it took so long. And you you have to also remember it wasn't uh it wasn't like public consumption. It wasn't like there was a Books a Million or Barnes and Noble, you know, or mm-hmm. that people could run out and they didn't have Kindles. They were downloading things on an app and all that. So, I mean, it was like there was one, you know, or the scrolls. I mean, it was just very, it's like as it was coming together to be translated and being able to be mass produced is when well, this yeah, became. Exactly. Because like the globalization of the church, I mean, mm-hmm. you could totally see where it becomes necessary for that to happen. Sure. Think sure. about it. Different at, languages. Yeah, think about it like it from a Catholic standpoint is that no matter what Catholic church you go to, mm-hmm. it's the same same sermon. It's the same readings. Same yeah. readings and everything. Mm-hmm. And you need identifiers to tell, unless they're going to read the entire book, mm-hmm. first you could start with a chapter. Mm-hmm. And then that you can say read chapters one through six for this day. But but now in 1500, you got, hey, I the people that are in my church have this in front of them mm. and I want them to go to a specific place. Yeah. So let's go now. We're not, we're going to this particular verse in this chapter mm-hmm. is where I'm going to spend most of my time. I want you to focus on, in on it. Yeah. So the, it almost seems like the more spread out it got, the more dialed in we needed it to be for mm-hmm. our mental consumption. Yeah. Which is, I think a that's just a systems thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. what you have to do in mm-hmm. order to um, to grow and to stay on point, I guess, yeah. is the thing. With because that. with when there's like one church within three living walking days of a person, mm-hmm. it really didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But when you could get from one place to another pretty, fairly quickly, you need or there's more than one church. It, you kind of needed the distinguish it. Distinguish. You need to be able to know where they were going. <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> Sometimes, but I but I think as more people, as the Bible was more accessible to people, it needed to be more accessible to people, mm-hmm. and more able to, us able to be on the same page of what we're talking about. Again, I've done no research on that, and that is basically Josh's history thing. But I almost <laughs> had a history degree, so that's about as good as a doctorate, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, 
I've watched a lot of history documentaries. Yeah. They, of course, I, I, <laughs> history of documentaries? Yeah. <laughs> I was watching one on the Holy Grail the other day. Yeah. Um, interesting thing about um, Robert um, Estienne, uh, or Stephanus, as he was known in Latin, is that he was a printer in Paris. So he wasn't even like a monk or a brother or, you know, something like that. He... He was a printer, so he he needed to sell more Bibles. He, he yeah, he was a that, he was a businessman. That's probably a hundred percent it. Yeah, so he's like, I need to sell more Bibles. I need to make my Bibles more special than this guy's. Yeah, mine so. are easier to read. <laughs> Here are some um, interesting chapter and verse statistics of the Bible. Um, in total, the Bible includes one thousand one hundred and eighty nine chapters. So there's 929 chapters in the Old Testament, and there's 260 in the New Testament, and of course the Apocrypha is not included. That's the the books that were not canonized, but are still used in ah. uh, other churches, yeah, or the Catholic Church mostly, and maybe some Orthodox churches. Um, the Bible consists of 31,173 verses. Whew, that's a lot. 23,000 plus are in the Old Testament, about... 8,000 are in the New Testament. Um, the longest chapter of the Bible by verse count is Psalm 119. It's got 176 verses. And the shortest chapter by verse count is Psalm 117, which is just two verses. I used to, when I was a kid, I memorized that chapter, so I could say I memorized an entire <laughs> chapter of the Bible. Well, the shortest verse of the Bible in in English is John 11:35, which is Josh. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I did that one too. Yeah, and the longest verse of the Bible in English is Esther 8, 9. And what is that, Josh? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just not even but written here. <laughs> these fact, I knew a lot of these facts, and I used them to kind of be an annoying little kid. <laughs> Do you know how much the human head weighs? Basically, I was like, kid. Five books consist of only one chapter. So uh, the books Obadiah, Philemon, 2nd and 3rd John, and Jude all just have one chapter. And hey, the Jude. And the book with the most chapters is Psalms. It's got 150 different songs in there. Yeah. To play on the rotation. So When um, was the last time you did a sermon series on Obadiah? Well, you know, me and old Obi, I have never done a sermon series on Obadiah, but you know, if we're doing one on Romans 8, then it opens up you have to look Obadiah at Obadiah 12. I have to look at Obadiah <laughs> and see what's up. No, there's just one. <laughs> so it'd just be Obadiah 1. So, yeah, we'll have to check it out. Check it out for next time. Because we like to go New Testament, Old Testament, New yeah. Testament. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's in the Bible. So there's stuff that you, of course, like, you could do it. It's in the canon. It's, yeah. it's of benefit to the it's, I mean, we edification joke, to the body. Like you joke about books like Obadiah and Zephaniah and Haggai and mm-hmm. stuff stuff like pastors never touch on. Yeah. But they're in the Bible for a reason. They they sure are. Yeah. And so I kind of feel bad for my joke, but it still would be interesting. <laughs> yes, it would. Um, so that's really all I have on on chapters and verses today. Um, I just, you know, like I said, we started with therefore, and I kind of was going to mention, yeah, we didn't have those chapters and verses before, and I thought it'd be good for us to talk about a little bit in our episode today, in our usual ongoings of the 167, so... Yeah, anything else? I mean, I think I think it's really neat that the chapters and verses A didn't happen at the same time. Yeah. And B were a lot later than I expected. I know. Learn like, something new. I really assumed it was like in the Roman Empire kind of 
I mean, I know the Roman Empire was a really long time, and probably the chapters happened during the, the last remnants of the Roman Empire. But the fact that it wasn't like a scene from Gladiator determined, like the the council <laughs> and Gladiator determining the chapters and verses, or that it wasn't already a thing, you know? Yeah. It, it's interesting that it's closer to my lifetime than Jesus's. That it happened. That's the that that is the uh, yeah same thing. I was surprised that chapter and verses weren't at the same time, and then it really didn't even even looking at these dates, putting this together, it didn't dawn on me. Wow, it's mm-hmm. closer to my life than than Jesus's. Yeah, and to me that blows my mind. Yeah, like that is something I wasn't expecting to be in this podcast. Yeah, or, there, there you know, go. yeah, that that's a very interesting. Yeah, to me. Yeah. Well, I hope it's of interest to our listeners as well. It better be, because if they listen to this whole thing and it wasn't interesting, then what are you doing? <laughs> They're just driving somewhere. <laughs> They're committed now. They're like, listen, I've I've, I've, I've struggled through 112 episodes. I'm going to do it for 113 at least. <laughs> so, maybe we are getting closer and closer to Mallory's uh, prophecy. Of no, when we you talked shut about, it down at 167. We talked about three new podcasts that we need to have. Two, three episodes just today? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thought by thought and verse by verse. We'll yep. get to that one. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what's coming up? We need to remind well, our folks of. Okay, so if you're listening to this the week this comes out. Yes. So it's the 18th, 19th. So if you're listening to this on the 19th. Or the 20th morning. Yep. We have a women's, our first Woo-hoo! women's event. I'm very excited about it. Friday night at 6 o'clock in the auditorium. It's called Give Me S'more Jesus. Can I tell you two reasons I'm excited about this? S'mores? No, I don't really like s'mores. Oh, okay. So uh, that one's not on the table. Yep. Um, you don't want s'mores. I don't. I don't like s'mores. I don't know. Whatever. It's it's too messy. Yeah. If I want chocolate, I like chocolate. If I want graham cracker, I graham cracker. I don't like marshmallows. Mm. But anyway, that, you know, um, I used to hang out at my friend's coffee shop in Oklahoma City. Uh, she owned this really cool coffee shop, and uh, I don't drink coffee. I don't either. And I'd walk in and be like, eh, I don't want coffee. And they'd be like, shh. Okay. I'm like, do you have a Coke? Anyway. Um Here's two reasons I'm excited about Give Me Some More Jesus on Friday. Number one is um, I'm excited just to uh, meet some people and talk to some people and see them outside of um, my normal uh, connection, you know, Sunday morning. And number two, I'm really excited because I get to just show up. Yes. Nikki Tyre has done a phenomenal job, she and her team, of putting this together. And this morning I was like, hey, what can I do? And she's like, can you just do a blessing or can you pray at the end? And I was like, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So... I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that because, and it's not just, I'm not trying to be lazy, but to me, when I think about equipping people to do ministry, this is what I'm talking about. Like when they just go, yes. And I know like Tim Feathers, I've had several conversations with him and what he's putting together yep. uh, for men's ministry and what he wants to do and where he's thinking. And he's thinking big and I love he it. Is. And, um, and I love it. Cause I'm like, yes, this is ministry is, is, you know, Asking God, you know, trusting God to show you the people or the persons or when they come to you and say, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. And, you know, giving them the the tools they need to to do ministry in a way that I never, ever could. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I couldn't do men's ministry. That's not really my jam. Okay. Secondly, I could do a women's ministry, but why when someone else could do it so much better? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the body of Christ at work, and I love it. So, and one yeah. thing I really like about these two specifically is because I am talking to the, both of them a lot about it, mm-hmm. is that, A, not only do they have the passion about it, 
because a lot of people have passion, mm-hmm. but they've asked God for a vision yes, to channel their passion, they which have. is usually not the like, oh, I have a this needs to happen and I have a passion for it. Let's make it happen. Can you do that, Shannon? Can you do that, <laughs> yep, Josh? Yep. And we're mm. like, no, you can't. Yeah. No, and there's something else. That. There's something else that I, that they both have that I is a humility. Mm. Um, it's they're like this is not about me mm-hmm. and that's wonderful too mm-hmm. and it's you know good good reminder for ministry so so yeah friday night give me some more jesus mm-hmm. um and then uh what else uh if you are the parent of a middle schooler or you're a really cool middle schooler listening to this podcast or a fifth grader y- yeah because I, I forget sixth, about seventh and eighth, I, yeah. I well this will be the one year i think we have four grades and, and because our current eighth graders didn't get to experience several of them ah so probably okay. next year it'll just be fifth sixth and seventh grade okay cool most likely we'll see we'll talk to chris sure. about it yeah that's next year this yeah. year fifth this through year eighth, fifth through eighth graders journey weekend sign up is up now um now if you don't know what journey is it is an overnight weekend where we basically basically christian is leading it as our middle school pastor it is Christianity 101, mm-hmm. and it is phenomenal. Uh, we did it last year. It was our first time. We had 39 kids, and it was fantastic. We're kind of expecting to have about 50 this year, and it'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, we'll start Friday evening, and then we'll end you know, with worship on Sunday, and then yeah. the students will go home. Yeah, so it, it really is an intentional time of learning about Christianity christianity why we believe what we believe it is an intentional time of having fun but it's also an intentional time of building relationships with each other Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is to me we're gathering josh yes yeah sorry did i steal your thunder i was going to like i was was building up to gather man i am so sorry (sighs) but yeah so bad usually we're very in tune i'll just blame it on the the medication yeah but uh (laughs) fifth through eighth graders it's We've moved the date a couple of times, so I don't know the date off it the top of my February head. It is February 24th through the 26th. Yep. Uh, registration is up now. Go to theportcc.com, click on the events tab, mm-hmm. and, and you'll find it there. Yeah. You don't want to miss this. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and I know students have been asking about it for uh, since, like, after Jesus' life. They were like, yeah. when are we doing that? And I was like, okay, and, it's and coming. And to me, for what I, for what I see with our middle school crew mm-hmm. it is a um jesus life equivalent you don't want to be like if you if you call this your church home and you're a middle schooler or a fifth grader you don't want to miss out on this event because people will be talking your friends will be talking about it for months and months and months and you don't want to miss out yeah yeah it'll be a good time it'll be a good time Uh, We continue our Romans series this week. We are actually covering more than one verse this Sunday. I mean, you know, so I think we're covering like 11 verses, which, and I'm, I'm going to have to be fast because I'm, that's a lot. I'm only at verse eight. That's a lot of content. I'm only, I I still have four more verses to really flesh out and it's Wednesday because I'm just like, woof. So I'm a little bit, you know, after working uh, Christmas and uh, not feeling not greatest the last few days, I'm, I'm. A little, I wouldn't, probably I'm, I'm ahead of schedule for most pastors, but I like, as you know, I like to work ahead and then I come back to the message mm-hmm. the week of, but that's where I am. Oh, so. I know pastors that, that don't. <laughs> I can't. It makes me sweat thinking well, about it. Well, they, they lay out a structure. Maybe. Yeah. 
But then, I like, I know one that just sits in prayer on Saturday until he's given a message. Wow. That's awesome and scary. Like, and not that, I, not that I wouldn't trust God to do that, but that is not how he wired my brain. Yeah. So. I remember him telling me one time, he's like, he, he woke up at, he wakes up at 7 a.m. on Saturday and goes in his prayer room mm-hmm. until he's given his Sunday message. Wow. And then he said one time, it it probably happened more than once, but he was talking about this one specific time. He's like, four in the morning, he got his message. So he was in prayer from 7 a.m. till four. Mm. And, and like, I don't know how how adamant he is about this, but like, when he was describing it, he's like, he has a prayer room in his mm-hmm. house, and he locks the door, and he's there until on Saturday wow. until he's given his message. Wow. And he was talking about that. I was like, dude, that's a whole nother level of anxiety I don't want. <laughs> I was thinking that's a whole nother level of holy that I'm just not even but, No, 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 no. He, he had yeah. his flaws. That was like one of well, his, like, don't we all? like, that was one of his, like, one of his ways he worships so yeah it doesn't make him holier just like that's just one of his like aspects like i said god did not wire my brain that way so not at all um well i think we have thoroughly covered many many topics Mm -hmm. and maybe talked in depth about one um hope you learned something today and maybe you're uh, now curious about other things that we might talk about down the road uh josh thank you for for doing what you do Thank uh, you for letting me. It. Yeah, well, it's it's fun. It's fun doing this. And uh, listeners, thanks for being a part of uh, 113 episodes, and we're going strong. So yeah. we look forward to seeing you guys on Sunday at 1030 and talking to you again soon. See you, bye. Bye. We both waved. We I did. Don't that was so weird. I mean, I always waved, but you did too. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of